Hello, you naughty little possums, and welcome back to the Funny Business Podcast. Uh, it is your co-host, Mr. Mike Gambita. <laughs> a little bit of uh, a little bit of foreshadowing into what we are discussing in today's podcast. Uh, really excited about it, um, but I think who else is more excited to talk about is my other co-host, Mr. Matt Summers. Matt, how are you doing? Any banter going on lately? <laughs> I- I don't know if excited is the right word for me to say, but it's it's going to be interesting. But no, uh, everything's going well on episode 14, and it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one for sure. <laughs> Matt is trying to find the words, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I have ex- words. It's, 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 I'm going to save them for when the time comes. <laughs> I might have to censor some things out, ladies and gentlemen. No, so. I'll keep my cool this time. Oh, yeah. Unlike, unlike me the, last Unlike week. the love is blind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, guys, uh, welcome back to another episode. We are going to kick things off today all the way over across the sea, the Atlantic Ocean, or unless Pacific, if you want to go that way, into Japan, ladies and gentlemen. So an article uh, surfaced not too long ago by the Daily Caller. Um, and was an unusual headline because, you know, we're dealing with things with COVID-19, we're dealing with things with racial injustice, we're dealing with so many news headlines that it's a little bit of information overload. But this one kind of is a little chuckle, and I think it might put a smile on your face. But um, in Japan, they are banning yelling on roller coasters. And and the big quote that, that comes out of the headline is, please scream inside your heart. So... <laughs> Um, so there was a recent video that showed up, um, you know, talking about uh, riding a Fujiyama roller coaster in silence while wearing masks. So the whole preface of this is, you know, the spread of the coronavirus pandemic, um, you know, the the serious face challenge is what they're calling it on social media. Um, and that was according to the Wall Street Journal. And they release these health guidelines and they say that coronavirus can be spread more widely by actions like coughing and singing. Um, the theme park associations also recommend that guests wear masks, according to the report. Um, and of course, inside one of those was talking about uh, screaming. So, Matt, I know pro- probably both you and I have rode many roller coasters before. I'm actually not a big roller coaster. Really? Guy. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I've I'm sorry. To put that on you. Been on like, <laughs> probably only ever been on like like big actual roller coasters. Like other than like rides at Disney, I don't really think that counts. But like an actual roller coaster, maybe like five. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I've I myself have been a uh, a big roller coaster fan myself. Um, back in Hershey Park, uh, the first loop that I went through was the Super Duper Looper, and that was the first roller coaster, ladies and gentlemen, Hershey PA, Hershey Park, that actually did a full loop. Um, so that was that's the best roller coaster I recommend if you actually want to get through loops and flips and all that is going to that one because. All you have to worry about is that one super duper looper. <laughs> I've also never been to Hershey Park. Well, Matt, so we, we got to go on a road gotta trip. trip. We got we to do a road, road trip. trip. <laughs> Why no. don't we do a podcast on a roller coaster? <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be very interesting. But what? going back to this, yelling, no yelling on a roller coaster. I, I think it's impossible. Like <laughs> I, I would not be able to sit on a roller coaster and not scream like a little girl because I'm scared. Like, I, I, there's no way, like, if if they wear masks, why can't they scream a little bit? I feel like, I think it's just promoting this, I mean, I really don't want to call it social distancing, but it's really preparing the, I actually saw in Delaware, Corona Courtesies. 
that's that's a that's a brand that I think Delaware is trying to perform is Corona Courtesies. Ah, that's interesting. So, yeah, I, like um, I think Corona Courtesy could be applied to this, but um, you know, it it really fascinates me because I feel like Japan, when you know, we talk about Japan all the time in some instances where they're really trying to, I guess, think outside the box is the best way to explain it. Like, um. Was it Japan that started doing baseball games and they filled their seats up with um, with stuffed animals, or was that Korea? I, I think that was Korea. That was Korea. Yeah. But even so, that area, I'm just going to, you know, gen- I, I hate to generalize it, but that area just tries to think outside the box as far as trying to do something as far as engaging with their, I almost said alumni. Yeah, welcome to my job. Uh, <laughs> engaging with the public as far as... Uh, you know things that they're able to do within these certain circumstances but to me i i can't see myself not screaming or or at least like i you know i don't want to say i'm in fear but like just enjoying myself i can't sit there and be like oh yeah it's just a, it's just a ride <laughs> yeah like i i get trying to to help tell people you know to help not spread the virus as much and mm-hmm. i don't know what the numbers are over in japan um, I, I don't think they're as high as they are here, and I don't. Well, I don't think any country is as high as no. us. Wear your mask, people. Yeah, wear your PSA. damn mask. But I, I just like if they if like let them wear a mask on the roller coaster and let them scream a little bit. Like, th- there's no way. Like, how, what happens if they do scream on the roller coaster? Do they get kicked out? So, so I'm actually reading through this this uh, this article, and it did say those who violate the screaming rule won't be punished so it's kind of like so then so it's why not establish even a rule, rule at all so, so why just, establish it so it's just like a like a guideline not even a guideline it's just like a recommendation like you said a corona courtesy a recommendation like, yeah a recommendation yeah just <laughs> please try not to scream on this roller coaster where you're going down like 100 miles an hour like that's, yeah. n- there's no way that's gonna happen yeah they actually had um another a, a, a park guest uh, natsumi kumasawa Wow, I'm really good with my. That was Japanese. pretty good. That was actually pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe we don't know. <laughs> um, it said that her three-year-old daughter Yumi's first ride at Disneyland. Um, so that was her her like her first experience was at Disneyland. So her screaming really couldn't be helped. So I feel like we when we go on experiences like there's meant for things and actions to happen when we experience those things. Like when we're at a sports event, something amazing happens. Like you always want to stand up when something happens, like something crazy happens, like whether it's a goal in hockey or an amazing alley-oop in basketball or the game-winning touchdown in football. Like there's so many high-fiving random people (laughs) sitting around you. Right. And and I think it's just, we have to keep that in mind when we're moving forward in this, I guess I hate to say it, the world that we're living in today where People are trying to be courteous amongst others, especially during this time. And, you know, Matt, I really was thinking, uh, it's, you know, in some cases, some people have uh, immune uh, compromised immune systems. And then some people are trying to deal with things like cancer or, or you know, trying to recover anything from whether it's smoking or, or things like that. And I think we're just being really more careful in the sense but I think this has gone a little too far as far as not screaming on a roller coaster. Yeah, I mean, as long as they keep people like, people socially distanced on the roller coaster, like don't have max capacity on there. Mm-hmm. Like if it's like have every other row empty, they sh- and it's not like they're screaming like at someone. They're screaming like out in the air. Now I understand they could still get caught, but I don't. I don't 
see how that could be like a high possibility. Maybe mm-hmm. it is. I don't know. I'm not an expert. But also, it, like I, I would envision this like everyone on the roller coaster just going the whole time with a straight face, like not smiling, not anything. They just like stare faced, and then they get off the roller coaster, and it looks like they didn't even have a good time. But it's just because they're on, they're not allowed to scream. Now I actually am a. I'm a huge hypocrite, believe it or not. So, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, so my senior trip down to Florida, um, I actually know somebody. It's my good old high school mentor friend, a friend, best friend, teacher, mentor, you know, everything in between. His name's Sean. Sean is emotionless on roller coasters. <laughs> like so, he just shows no emotion at all. Yeah, he just sits there. Like he just <laughs> does. He have a sits- smile on his face. Sometimes. I'll give it some times, but like nothing where he's just like, ah, (laughs) straight face. So what him and I did, maybe I'll find the picture and I'll actually post it on our social media uh, the the following week when when we post this, publish this episode, um, is we went, I forget, we went to Bush, Bush Gardens. Is that Bush Garden or Gardens? Uh, Bush Gardens. Bush Gardens, yeah. We were down in Tampa, down for our senior class trip. We had Disney World and like all these experiences, 22-hour bus ride. It was fun. Blue Man Group. That was especially amazing. Um, and Cirque du Soleil. There's so many cool things, but you yeah, know, there's so much senior. to do down there. So yeah. much to do down there. But um, we went down to Bush Gardens and we went on the ride called the Cheetah Hunt. And I, I got with him and I said, Sean, well, Mr. Gehring, that's what I said. Mr. Gehring, I said, can we do the straight face challenge when the camera rolls by? So <laughs> we just, I, I looked at him when he, when the ride first started. And I assumed the position, and that was the whole entire time. And I was like, I, I was like, I'll do this until the picture's taken, but I'll actually enjoy myself. And then that was probably the only time I saw some type of emotion from him because we we took the photo. So that's that's crazy. <laughs> it was it was good. I I enjoyed it, and and I and such a good memory that that Sean and I have, especially being down in Florida. So yeah, I, I just. I, I'm just someone who's terrified of roller coasters. Like, I couldn't not make any, like, some type of face. Like, yeah. I'd probably just scream the whole time anyway. <laughs> like, run off the roller coaster scared. But I guess yeah. that's just me. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, Matt, maybe we'll uh, break that that uh, that fear when we uh, get into... I'm down. Into... I, I got a lot of stuff to do. I got to learn how to ride a bike. I got to not be afraid of roller coasters. My list just keeps growing and growing. Yeah. And, and and you can all thank this podcast for it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yep. Well, hopefully um, everyone that d- does decide to go to any uh, theme park that, uh, you know, you socially distance and, you know, you you kind of follow those guidelines because we, we just want to be done with this. We really do. Like, <laughs> it's awful. I've heard they're getting kind of close with the vaccine. I did hear that, too. So that's good news. Hopefully. Very good news. I mean, they got to like test it and then they got to mass produce it. So it's still going to be a while, but there, I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And, and we'll be praying and, and, uh, you know, hoping for, for the rest of the time that we do our episodes and who knows, we may get our first ever live podcast when Matt and I are actually in the same room. So it's going to happen at some point. <laughs> it will probably will. And we'll have this full on celebration and whatnot. So, but yep. speaking of celebrations, Matt, let's move into one of our, uh, most anticipated, segments um it may be a double segment today ladies and gentlemen but um as you all recall um matt watched uh too hot to handle but before that we both watched love is blind matt was the first one to watch i was the first one to watch too hot to handle so i said matt i said while i'm on vacation why don't you watch too hot to handle so that way we can cover it for the podcast um was 
super difficult to not go into detail as far as the discussion because we obviously wanted to save it for the podcast. So um, I'm really excited to hear what Matt has to say. Um, again, there will probably be spoilers. So um, hopefully you can skip through if you really don't want to listen to it. But I think it'd be fun to, to hear our, uh, you know, hear our perspectives. And I tell you, Matt, it's it's a really corny show, if I'm being completely 100% honest. So I, I think I was on record of saying Love is Blind was the show that I love to hate. I take that back. I loved Love is Blind. <laughs> this show, I don't even think I love to hate it. I just like, I didn't, I'm not going to say I hated this show, but the ugh, the people were so infuriating. <laughs> so let's dive deep into exactly what Too Hot to Handle is in case uh, you have not seen it yet, if you don't want to see it, or if you are just curious and you can follow along with us. So um, Netflix released this reality dating show which i'm really surprised they call it a reality dating show um too hot to handle um it is a oh they actually called it a little big oh wait hang on a little big brother a little love is blind oh okay so they actually mixed it so here's the best thing to do um it's a mix of tv shows it's a little love island a little big brother a little love is blind and a little seinfeld very thrown off by that curve. <laughs> Seinfeld part, I don't get it at all. Yeah. But the, other, the other three, I can I can see. Yeah, so this eight-episode series consisted of about ten single individuals um, that were just sent to paradise. I think it was along somewhat uh, near Mexico. Really fantastic place that they housed them in. Um, they're absolutely beautiful. So um, what they don't realize is they thought it was a you know, extensive getaway. You know, they were going to enjoy themselves. Um, they entered a place... Uh, where the magic isn't actually going to happen. So um, to win $100,000 in grand prize, um, these people, individuals, had to give up sex completely. No kissing, no any anything, literally anything. No kiss, like no it was no touching, no no heavy petting, no. Um, it, or it's going to cost them. Uh, so with those individuals, um, I'll kind of scroll through these as we go along. So... Um, there was Chloe, who is from the United Kingdom, uh, 20 years old. There's Sharon, um, you Sharon. know, Sharon. My God. Yes. See, it's been a while since that. Yes. Sharon. I know. I popped up on screen. And I was like, oh, sure. That's Sharon. <laughs> Sharon. Um, Sharon. There was Haley, who was from Florida. Harry, which we'll get into from Australia. <laughs> Not a little possum. <laughs> um, David, who uh, was from the United Kingdom again. Francesca, who is from Canada. Matt, who is from Colorado, 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 <laughs> uh, Rhonda, who is from Georgia, Nicole, Nicole, who is from Ireland, Kells, so it's K-E-L-Z, was from United Kingdom, um, and I think that was about, yeah, that, that was everyone, so um, at, at the moment, um, they actually added a few more, I believe, yeah, at so the la- added, latter, and- they added Bryce, who was the who lived on a boat in California. Uh, Corey, who I believe was also from the UK. And then they added, I think it was Madison and I forget the other girl's name, Alyssa, I believe yeah. it was. So really what went down is, I, I forget how many how many days, Matt, was it that they went through? I don't, I, 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 that was one of the questions I had. I don't, I didn't yeah. know how long they were there. It was, it seemed like a couple weeks Yes, it seemed like a month. It seemed like I was going to say, I thought it was a month. Yeah, but they kind of sped it up a little bit and they compressed it into eight episodes. So, um, Matt, I I kind of want to hear. I, I I don't know how to tackle this one exactly. Um, 
with the show itself, they they did a lot of relationship building. Um, they really wanted these individuals to focus on their relationship building skills, their um, their self confidence, and and so many things. So they went through a couple classes that they did. Um, the challenge was not to to be a horn dog was probably the best way to explain it. But um, you know, I I think we saw a lot of individuals that came together and. Um, kind of found themselves which you know i was super happy with it but um i kind of want to hear your thoughts on the concept of the show and uh oh yeah by the way there was this like siri um a l e x a i don't want it to go off because it's in my kitchen (laughs) um kind of person named lana um who is kind of big brother big sister watching um these eight horn dogs coming together or or 11 put them together so um I, I, Matt, I want to kind of hear your concept, what your thoughts are, and, uh, you know, what you got for me. Well, it's funny because as everyone's getting to the island, they're all talking about, like, how much, like, sex they have and, like, how it's, you know, it's not hard for them to have sex. And then they have no idea until, like, halfway through the first episode that they're not allowed to. And then all their faces were like, oh, man, like, this sucks. Like, <laughs> that was pretty funny to watch. Uh, and then, you know, after... If there is a violation, they get money deducted, obviously, Correct. from the 100000 And after the first one, there were people, like, crying because they lost, like, three grand after somebody kissed, which was just hysterical. Because yeah. that, real quick, number one, what pissed me off in the show. After the first episode, after the first violation where they lost money, everyone was like, all right, we can't do this anymore. And they were all, there was a fight on, like, who kissed who and yada, yada, yada. But then as the show kept going on, as people kept telling other people that they violated the rules. People were like, ah, it's all right. Like, congratulations. Like, that was so good. What, you, what are you talking about? You, you, the first time it happened, everyone's freaking out about the money. But now because, you know, they're finding deeper connections with, I don't really think a lot of people made a lot of deep connections with anyone. But all of a sudden, they just didn't care about the money anymore. And then at the end, they started to care about the money again. Like, it just, it, that infuriated me. But I, I like the idea of having personal growth. Like, obviously, these people were missing something in their lives that, like, they couldn't reach a, an emotional connection to someone. And I think for a lot of these people, it was a little eye-opener that, like, maybe they do need to learn mm-hmm. how to make that emotional connection with someone. Yeah. I, I thought it was really funny, too, because there – <laughs> so I, I when I was reading off the names, uh, the person that I, I didn't recognize was, was Matthew, and he's from Colorado – but they kept calling him Jesus on the show. <laughs> That's because he did kind of look like Jesus. He literally looked like Jesus, guys. And, <laughs> and acted like Jesus in a way, yeah. too. So he he actually left. Um, there were some people that actually just left because they just they weren't seeking what, what they wanted to find on the island. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, what I also thought was interesting, too, is when they threw in those three uh, – rattle those off again, the three individuals that, that uh, went through. Corey, Alyssa, and I think her name was Madison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey, Alyssa, and Madison. Um, I, I just thought it was too late in the episode. Like, it was too late in the series being like, why? Like, I, I get I it. Like, temptation is there. Like, you kind of got everyone settled with the rest of them. Oh, here comes three more hunks. Oh, one guy actually spends his whole entire life on a freaking boat. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I just, I didn't like that because I felt like there could be more tension with the original eight to begin with. I agree. That was definitely too late in the show to add three people. Uh, but going back to Matthew, so Matthew actually left on his own. Yes, like yes, his yes, yes. No one voted him off the island. Right. Like <laughs> there were there were three other people. It was Haley, Corey, and 
Madison, I believe, they got, like, Lana told them to leave because they just weren't putting any effort to try to grow themselves. So it I, it sucked when Matthew left because I really liked him as a person. He just couldn't find the connection with anyone there. That was mm-hmm. that was kind of sad to watch. Yeah, poor Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Maybe we'll see a second coming. We'll never know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you never know. <laughs> now, Matt, I, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on some of the couples that at least kind of formed somewhat of a relationship. So who do you want to do you want to dive into Harry and Francesca first? Uh let's say let's save them okay. let's save them a little louder because because oh, oh, okay. there's there's a little more breaking news that I have to share with you. But um oh. let's talk about uh Sharonda. That's that was the couple Sharon. name. Sharon Sharonda. That's uh, that, Sh- yeah. Sharon and Rhonda. Um I thought that was a really good um, you know, I guess development within the series, but um, you know, I I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I like them together. Um, Sharon had problems like connecting emotionally and then they kind of drifted apart and then he kind of realized why he was talking with David and then David and Sharon, I almost said David and Sharonda, David and Rhonda kind (laughs) of Well, that would have been really weird. (laughs) David kind of thought it was like not, he didn't want to step his boundary with Sharon and then had to talk with Sharon. So Sharon eventually came around and I did like them together and then Mm -hmm. just didn't end up working yeah. At the end. No. It, so at the at the reunion show again, spoilers. But at the reunion show they so they left the island as a couple and then the reunion they're not together anymore, but they're still friendly with each other, so it seems like you know, you never know what happened, but at least they're still friendly towards each mm-hmm. other. I felt like that was the most legitimate relationship building between sure sharonda like i think that was the most legitimate as far as that um wasn't it was too the much healthiest, drama at least the healthiest yeah um let's talk about uh francesca and uh the naughty little possum harry <laughs> harry actually runs this clothing line called naughty little possums so um that's kind of where he gets his uh i guess his little tagline i hopefully he doesn't make royalties off this podcast if he hears it so <laughs> harry was by far my least favorite person in the show okay he wins the award. I don't know if he wins. Yeah, he wins the award for biggest douchebag on the show. <laughs> he just started going off on how he was DMing Kim Kardashian and Kendall Jenner and just talks about how many girls slide in his DMs. And then what really pissed me off was when he first, well, actually, a few things pissed me off about him. He said that Francesca kissed him. When he totally kissed Francesca. Yes. I thought that and was a total like, douche to move. <laughs> and then in front of everyone, as they, you know, as everyone found out they kissed, he still lied about it. And Francesca still somehow took him back, which I don't understand. And then what actually pissed me off is when Francesca and Kells went on their date. Yes. He was like, oh, Kells is like so much uglier than I am. First of all, false. <laughs> I, 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 Kells is a good looking dude. And he, I would love to see Harry tell that to his face. Yeah, because Kells would have kicked his ass. Yeah, he would have knocked Kells, him out. <laughs> I think is one of those pe- person in the world. He could beat up anyone in the world, like anyone. He's jacked. But I feel like he, like he, he's a he's a gentle giant. Like he's not one of those individuals that gets ticked off all the time. Like if he gets upset, you're gonna regret it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Even when like Harry and him had to talk about Francesca. He didn't really like yeah. 
You didn't really see a soft side to him. He was like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to go for it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Kells was by far my favorite person on the show. Interesting. I I, I thought Jesus was, was my favorite character, but um, a, a little bit more uh, detail. Francesca and Harry were... Well, Francesca actually made out with Haley? Yep. Haley, that cost her $3,000. And then they they did I I believe they really didn't kind of go into to extreme detail as far as uh you know what happened but um they they ended up it, this weird thing it was called the um what room was it it was called the it was kind of oh like gosh. a honeymoon suite type of deal it was a honeymoon suite the temptation room that yes. I think that's what they called it Something so like that, yeah. they literally got a night to themselves king size bed. Little bit, a big jar of condoms on the right hand side, a nice big bath, and like all these things to like just set the mood. <laughs> so like they got a night, and they actually cost them, I I believe it was, it was twenty thousand twenty thousand twenty thousand dollars for I guess in in the way we found out was sex, correct? Yes, twenty thousand dollars for sex. Would you have sex for somebody to lose twenty thousand dollars? No, absolutely not. Listen, for $100,000, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. These people were nuts. They were nuts for doing, like, a kiss was $3,000. What are you doing? Like, just have some (laughs) self-control. Kiss a pillow. Yes, (laughs) legit. Yes. Um, So they, like, got back and forth with dates, and then they were wearing these watches, and if they ended up controlling or be able to to learn from the moment they actually got a green light on their watches and they were allowed to do whatever they wanted to um could you imagine if that was like a real life thing nope (laughs) that would be insane maybe maybe work related but not relationship building because i just feel like that would be hairy and a half as far meaning like really like tangled and all that stuff so um matt i think you saw that that harry and francesca ended up being a couple at the end of the show and I feel Real like quick, I just want. Can I just talk on Francesca for a hot sec? Heck yeah, go for okay. it. Uh, so her and Harry made up and were together for like two episodes, basically. Yeah, I kind of skipped that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but then Corey comes along and asks Francesca on a date, and she says yes. What? Are you kidding me? Like they were. Francesca was my second least favorite person on the show, and then Corey's <laughs> third because Corey's just the douche. Yeah. But like, how do you go from Harry's the worst? I'm never talking to him again. To taking him back to then, oh, I'm going to go on a date with Corey. Like, what are you doing? Like, just come on. Have some self-control. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that was... Girls do that, man. I hate to admit it. Girls do that. Like, they'll do something in order for them to actually realize their own feelings and then move forward with, you know, what they expect to do. And, I mean, she did at the end. Like, I think she made the right call. So Yeah. I mean, in opposite cases, guys do that absolutely to themselves. I, yes. I don't want to. Yes. Just just because we've been on, the, you know, Matt and I both on the receiving end of, of said things in that sense. But um, yes. I know we did find out, Matt, that they, they actually were a couple at the end of the um, show. Yes. Uh, they, they were dating. Um, what you didn't know was after the show, wasn't too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, they broke up. Did, so did you watch the reunion show? I watched the reunion show. When he proposed with the freaking ring pop? I, I just completely went over that. But they actually had a huge breakup over social media. Like, Francesca made a YouTube video. Harry made an Instagram live. And, you know, like both after stories. The proposal? Like, yeah, this was totally after the show. 
Oh yeah, oh like this is drama. I'm, like I'm not, I mean, they they broke up once before after the show, and then they got back together. And yeah, I'm not surprised. I just knew it kind of didn't like. It wasn't going to work out for them. It, like, it was it too really... rocky. Like the whole show, they were up and down, up and down, up and down. I I had hopes, but I guess those hopes didn't work. You get high hopes for a reason. So who was who was your favorite from the show? Person, I... couple doesn't matter. I like Sharonda. I li- I like the development of Sharonda at least in that that sense. But um, I I like Sharon's personality. Like I mean, not his personality of his of his sex life, but just more so how Sharon was. <laughs> With uh, we won't we won't speak about what Sharon's first no. impression was because no. he made a statement and we're like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, that was TMI. Way too much TMI. But what what I want to what I want to um kind of kind of talk about is uh, Chloe. Chloe, I think, had the biggest learning experience from this whole entire show. If I'm being completely honest, um, Chloe is by far one of the most blonde individuals that was on the show. Um, you could see it in between her uh, her side interviews and and during her time on the show. I was expecting her to to kind of develop into like losing money for the individuals. But in essence, what she actually really gained is, oh, God, who was the one that went on? I'm losing these names. It's been so long. The one that went on the date with Francesca after Harry was that whole situation. Corey. Corey. Corey was getting into Chloe. And then Chloe was into it at first. But then she took this, like, self-assessment class. And she found out it was this really weird thing. They, I think it was after. Yeah. I can't believe I'm going to talk about this. But um, they were the girls it was a girls only class yes um they decided to draw their private parts yes and uh, what the private parts meant to them yes it was weird i mean i guess i think it's weird for us because we're guys i think (laughs) i think girls were to understand it a little better yeah which i and they all enjoyed it they 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 loved it yeah i think they really they really had a good uh good reflection on that yeah i agree chloe definitely did have the biggest like transition from the start to the beginning because at first she went to david and then bryce came and then it was Corey, and she didn't end up you know finding love or finding affection for everyone but i think she knows now what she's looking for in life and i think she's on the right path to that yeah no and and i think for her like she turned around i forget what she said she literally screamed it out and i'm like why did she scream that out like i think i i'm an independent woman like you know Something i'm independent like, that, like yeah. You know, strong, independent woman. Like, yes. <laughs> I was like, that was totally forced by the producers for her to say that at the end of the episode. Um, uh, I also liked David. I thought David was a really cool dude. I think he was down to earth. Um, just seemed like he'd be a cool guy to get a beer with. Like, he was friends with everybody. Like, no one really had beef with David at all. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Um, oh, God. The boat guy. Bryce. Bryce. I, why am I losing these names today? Bryce, I, I wouldn't mind hanging out with him, like on his boat. Especially on the boat, yeah. <laughs> on the cool. boat. He also like lives on the boat. That was right. Kinda, and I think it was Nicole or Haley. Someone was like, I don't know if he's like super rich or super poor because he has to live on a boat. That was funny. <laughs> like if he li- if he owns a boat, he's probably super mm-hmm. rich, girl. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, Matt, I, I kind of want to like bring it all together. I know we said like love is blind. I, it's too hot to handle. I. I I don't want to like ask a weird question during this podcast, but do you feel like in relationships, let's generalize it. Let's not talk about from experience. Let's, let's generalize it. Do you feel temptation is a thing? And do you feel we all have the, 
not the right, but we all have the discipline to make the right decisions and to be able to formulate our own opinions about ourselves and most importantly, be confident about what exactly who we are as a person. Oh, I definitely think temptation is real. I mean, whether it's, I mean, there's temptation every day, not just sexual, but there's, you know, temptation all around you. But I do think we all have that self-desire or not self-control maybe is the, is the word better. to look yeah. for. Yeah. Self-control that we can like, choose when we need to go towards temptation or when to not i think it just depends on you know who you are as a person what your goals are and everything like that yeah you said it best matt and uh to kind of i guess wrap it up if in case people were wondering who who won the prize money that was something i didn't like like that was something i absolutely didn't like so they actually split it amongst the people who were left on the island they they never even said in the beginning of the show how it was distributed. So the whole time we're watching this, I was like, all right, does each person get a hundred thousand or do they split it? Because the the contestants like acted like they didn't even know. Mm-hmm. So they got about seventy five hundred seven thousand five hundred dollars each. Yeah, was was the end of that. Yeah, that was that not worth it. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I... also real. I'm going to go off another yeah, yeah, reunion yeah. show real quick. <laughs> go for it. That was the worst episode of the whole thing. They didn't even talk to everybody. They did it. How do you have a reunion show? David didn't get talked to. They, they, David was like a focal point in every episode. You don't talk mm-hmm. to him. And you talk to Haley, who got kicked out of the show because she wasn't putting enough evidence, but you're going to talk to her for like five minutes? That was bullshit. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. End <laughs> rant. End rant. So um, hopefully uh, you guys get a chance to, to see it on Netflix um i i think it's a great show and matt i think we need to find a, another show in order for us to review because I, I i like how cheesy this stuff is and uh you know i think i think it's it's a good thing to talk about on the pod uh, listen if it gives me an opportunity to watch netflix i'm down <laughs> netflix and chill <laughs> all right when we come back ladies and gentlemen we got our sports topics for the day don't go anywhere Okay, let's slide into the sports segments for today. So we got some NBA talk to start off. So obviously the NBA coming back in a few days, actually. Uh, they're already starting to the practice there. People are getting to Orlando. Testing's going on to make sure no one's got COVID. And if they do, they got to you know, quarantine for two weeks. But the big news coming out of the NBA the last few weeks has been the NBA hotline tip. So, Mike, I don't know if you've seen this, but... The NBA has set up what's called the hotline, the bubble hotline, where if a player sees another player or coach breaking the rules of their quarantine or the rules within the bubble, they can call this hotline tip to snitch on someone. Cheapers. (laughs) So last week there was a bunch of talk going on. Uh, Jimmy Butler had someone come to his room because someone called the hotline tip complaining he was dribbling the basketball while they were trying to sleep. That was funny. There was a Kings player... Rashawn Holmes, I believe it was, who he has to or had to quarantine. He might still be in quarantine. I don't remember exactly how many days he had to because he crossed the boundaries that they were given to pick up a Postmates order, which was even more funny because Kelly Oubre of my Phoenix Suns tweeted out, hey, and he like tweeted at NBA players 
and was like, if you guys need to pick up your food, you can just meet them across the street, which is what this guy did. So then Ubre, Ubre replied oh. to his tweet, was like, never mind, LOL. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> then you have uh, someone like Doc Rivers, the coach of the Clippers, saying, oh, yeah, today I called in LeBron. Tomorrow I'm going to call in Coach Pop, and we're going to be the only team left by the end of this. <laughs> that was funny. So people are going insane on Twitter on you know this whole bubble situation, how it's going to work out. Um, everyone was blaming Chris Paul for reporting everybody because he just loves to point the finger at everybody. Um, and it's just, I wanted to hear your thoughts on how this bubble is going to work out and also the thoughts on the hotline itself. And are these people snitches or no? Are they just following the rules? I, I think to answer your immediate question, Matt, I think they are following the rules. Um and, and I know that might be a spicy take because no one likes snitch. Um, snitches get stitches. Snitches get stitches. But I think in reality, Matt, they're trying to do their jobs as far as being NBA. Like it, it's it's a weird it's a weird scene because they're they're playing basketball. Playing basketball is their job, and I think going through protocol like myself, like my job. I have to wear a mask when I go in. If I don't feel well, even if it's a sniffle, cough, sneeze, anything, I have to stay home. So I think what they're in reality, what they're trying to do is they're trying to keep everybody safe. But I mean, let's let's put it this way. I mean, even with all of the um, the, like the the situations that are going on, I I've been watching this uh, rookie on the 76ers. Uh, They have a YouTube channel and they're like documenting day by day what's going on in the bubble and just the reality being of doing so much testing, doing so much, you know, can't do this, can't do that. Um, I think what boggles my mind was in the first episode, he didn't get silverware for his uh, delivered lunch. So they actually deliver breakfast, lunch, and dinner to their hotel door, like to their room door, and then they pick it up. He called his agent. You know you can call the front desk. Like <laughs> you can call the front desk and say, "Hey, come pick up some silverware." You don't have to call your freaking agent and say, "Yeah, I forgot some utensils." What are you twelve? Like <laughs> that's my rant. <laughs> but I I feel like this hotline is just an establishment to make sure that everyone is safe. Because if one person, if one person in this so-called bubble gets the coronavirus, the whole entire NBA. Well, I'd say. The top players of the NBA are screwed. And I think we need to be cautious of that because that's really going to set the tone for other sports teams. Let's take baseball, for example. Like, baseball is kind of, you know, it's kind of working its way in and trying to figure out a way to, you know, work out its season. But NBA has it so secluded in the area, you can't really seclude baseball in the way. So I think just trying to figure out a way to handle this situation while still doing their job is all I think they're trying to do right now. I think it's just funny. I like envisioning a player, like seeing a guy cross the street to pick up post baits is like, Oh, I got to report him and like calls the hotline. Uh, Dwight Howard got the hotline called on him for breaking the rules, which probably doesn't surprise anyone. If you follow the NBA, uh, I, I, this bubble is going to be so like someone said, they need a reality TV show for this bubble the bubble <laughs> like, i need an episode every other day of like the hot news stories like i i need it there's players we're, we're really finding out like the true personality of the players in this bubble guys are shotgunning beers like in the hot tubs left and right i think jj reddick 
I think he was in an ice bath and it was like shotgunning a beer. That was funny. <laughs> and then my only other question to you is how long does it take till someone calls the hotline because LeBron's blasting music late at night because he's drank too much wine. <laughs> I, I think it's coming in the next two weeks. I think, I think if LeBron. If you don't know, LeBron is, I'm not going to say he's addicted to wine, but he loves his wine. He's he's a wine connoisseur. <laughs> yes. Um, I think LeBron probably because the NBA and ESPN likes to you know no offense but suck his toes. Um, yeah. I I think he probably has the penthouse in comparison to that whole entire hotel. I'm so sure. um, while I wouldn't be surprised, um, I think having the uh, you know the the extent of him, I I would say maybe. Let's say by the time, say by the time the season, well, the season's soon starting. So um, I'd say we have a couple more days. And I feel like these days are like the highest of the bid. I think it would be interesting to see like once we get to the playoffs, like if more people start calling the hotline and be like, hey, like this guy had a good game. I think I saw him crossing the street the other day. (laughs) Like because they get like warnings and violations as, as they get more calls about a certain player. So, like, it'd be interesting to see if guys start, like, stretching the truth a little bit just to, like, see if they can have some power and affect their own playoff team. That'd be funny to see. Uh, hot, you know, Drake, hotline bling, bling it's going to be the curse. It's the hotline that's that's going to cause, uh, you know, the teams to lose. So yeah, maybe, um, maybe he's there to support his Raptors because I think he's actually part owner. He is. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I thought I made that up, but... Okay, you know, he is. He is. Okay, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. No wonder why he gets front court seats, like... <laughs> Yes, even though the Drake curse was broken last year. Yes, thanks to uh, the fun guy, Kawhi Leonard. Yes, Mr. Fun Guy. Aha, aha, aha. All right, so moving. Another thing that's is to transition into our next segment. So the NBA was doing um, something different for this bubble where they players can choose if they want some sort of racial injustice or like equality saying on the back of their jersey for a nameplate. So a a majority of the players, I think it was like 280 out of like the 320 players or something like that, are going to put some kind of message on the back of their jersey so it's not going to show their last name, uh, whether it's Equality or Black Lives Matter or something like that. Jimmy Butler, as a quick side note, he wants to have his blank because he said if he wasn't in the NBA, he would just be a nobody like everybody else. I don't know if the league approved that one yet, but I like the, I like the idea he was going with. So it got me thinking jerseys going to be a little different this year and teams have so many jerseys. So I thought we would talk about our top three favorite throwback jerseys in sports. So it doesn't just have to be basketball, could be football, baseball, hockey, soccer, if there's throwback soccer jerseys. But people are people love when teams bring back like a throwback jersey for a game or for like five games during the season. So I thought it would just be something interesting if we you know talked about our top three favorite jerseys so i'll start with my number three all three of mine are basketball just because i love basketball throwback jerseys my number three is going to be right now though the memphis grizzlies but the vancouver grizzlies jerseys with like that was it like a teal green it's a a teal green yeah Mm -hmm. teal green with like the grizzly bear coming off the chest that was they started wearing that a little more uh, this season, and then they actually changed the court to make it look like the Grizzly, yeah. the Vancouver Grizzlies court. Uh, phenomenal jersey. Yeah, I think it was good. Um, yes. I totally want number three to be um, the Toronto Raptors throwback jersey, which is the purple 
and um you know you really see the raptor that that comes out like the the original is it the original logo yeah i think it's around the original logo i think like, it is yes um yeah. the the original logo like the the tyrannosaurus rex um mm-hmm. you know out in his jersey and i think that that's like a vintage vi- like anybody who knows the retro like if you know vince carter in the dunk contest oh. like that's what he wore that one won the dunk contest was that I jersey think, so i think he's why that jersey was so popular because yeah every time you google that jersey it's always vince carter maybe uh-huh. once in a while you see a tracy mcgrady jersey but like you don't think of anyone else when you think of that jersey you think of vince carter oh yeah absolutely yes so my number two, I'm going to go with the Utah Jazz when they had like the mountain in their mm-hmm. logo. That was an that's an all time jersey. Like this, the color coordination, the way the mountain looks like on the jersey, and like the old school uh, flooring they used to have was just. Uh, it brings me back to like '90s basketball, which I just love. Yeah, one of my favorite jerseys of all time. <laughs> I think my number two would, and, and it's an interesting one. Um, is the the actual Cleveland Cavaliers um, throwback jersey with the orange, mm. blue, and black? Um, I you know Cleveland has gone through so many color changes within its years, um, from straight orange to um, the the wine and gold. As we wait, no wine, the wine, wine yeah, the gold. wine gold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. I don't know why yeah. I thought they, wine was yellow for some reason. It's a white Cleveland, wine, but it ran <laughs> Cleveland's had like so many jersey changes in the last like ten years. Like it's it's a little too much if i'm being yeah. honest mm-hmm. so but, you know yeah that's a good yeah i think it's just it's it's a good color scheme like it's nice clean it it's not too obnoxious but it's subtle and it's it's good i at least in my opinion like i i like that jersey and i wish they kind of kept with that color but i think they 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 brought it back a couple of times they brought that color back a couple of times and i kind of was like whoa like who is that team and i'm like oh my gosh yeah that's 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 the Cavs that that are playing so yeah, they haven't brought it back a lot, like, often. I I feel like a few years ago they brought it back a lot, but I, I agree. I think it's better than what they have now, if we're being honest. They yeah. should just bring that back, like, full-time. Mm-hmm. Um, my number one, you already said, the Toronto Raptors. My favorite basketball jersey of all time. I've been on the lookout for, like, getting a Vince Carter jersey for that for, like, years, and I just, like, can't find yeah. one for a good price. But if I, when I get my hand, it's oh, it's it's insane. But once I get my hands on one... That's going to be my favorite jersey. That and I you're going to wear it for the next, the, 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 the following podcast that you purchase the jersey. <laughs> probably. Probably. Um, so my, my number one um, is actually the, the Miami Heat, which is the, the black oh. with the, um, the red stripes. Now, I know like the Heat kind of threw in the Miami, um, what they call it? The, the Miami, the Miami Vice. Miami Vice. Oh, that, I love those colors. Sick. Oh. Those jerseys are freaking cool. Oh, but gosh. I think going with the, you know, the, the original black with the two stripes on the sides, like it's such, I, I mean, my high school, well, look at that. I'm wearing a Honesdale shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Honesdale was red and black. So I f- immediately fell in love with the Miami Heat because they were red and black. So having that jersey color just brings back so many good memories within sports of my own, high school sports. But um, no, nah, it just it's a very clean look that I that I like. And um, but I I am still loving the Miami Miami Vice for for the current uh, year for the Miami Heat. So yeah, the Heat's throwback jerseys they are they're so clean. They're just like you look at them and it's just like that's an awesome jersey. Uh, do you own any throwback jerseys of any kind? Do you own any jerseys of anything? Um, I I own my Harlem Globetrotters jersey well, that okay. I wore. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> I forgot about that one. My own, that's, my, that's my own jersey. Unique. That's that's no one else in the world can say that. Yeah, that's 
Wow. I'm surprised I, I haven't been uh, so, uh, what do you call it, um, facetious and, and talked about my own experience. But um, yeah, I, it, for those who don't know, I, I played with the, the Harlem Globetrotters at one point. So. It, was, it was a fun time. <laughs> Matt was there. I, I was there. You were I there. Was there. Oh, I was. Yeah. So, um, but I have that. And then I have, I actually have the, the retro one too. So like during the 90 year anniversary, oh, okay. they have the retro jerseys that we wore and then the the simple red, white, and blue. So it was like white um, with the red and blue lettering and stars. But, you know, you, you know the, the real Harlem Globetrotters jerseys were the red, white, and blue um, jerseys itself. I'm trying to think if I have – I have a Rail Rider uh, – no, sorry, Rail Rider, Scranton Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders. But it's a Scranton Wilkes-Barre Yankees uh, Ooh, jersey. Yes. That is a throwback. Um, that, that technically is a throwback. And do you? I'm, I'm thinking – while well, I'm thinking, do you, do you have any jerseys? Uh, I have a bunch of jerseys. I do have a throwback. Uh, I'm a Phoenix Suns fan. I, you don't need to apologize to me. I know the team sucks. <laughs> Even though we're in the bubble. That's all that matters. Yeah. I have a throwback Charles Barkley. Like, they have the old throwback. It's a it's the black jersey with, like, the the, the uh, like the shooting sun going across the stripe. I, I was supposed to go to a, a Suns-Sixers game in March. So I thought I would wear a Charles Barkley jersey in Philly while I'm representing the Suns. And then COVID happened. So I didn't yeah. get a chance to wear it yet, but that's I think that's the only throwback one I have. I actually have uh, a Cleveland Cavaliers. I think it was like oh, when did he move to the Heat? Oh seven. Oh uh, no, it was ten oh, years so- ago. It was ten years ago. Really? Yes. The, the decision was like ten years ago, like oh my a week ago. Yes. Okay, so two thousand eight, yeah. two thousand nine. I actually have the away jersey of the Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James jersey, somewhere. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, that's nice. I also do have an old, not old, but like Steve Nast Suns, like the all orange jersey. Yeah, that's probably what my favorite one. That sick I have. jersey. Like, yeah, that is, that is a sick jersey. Oh man. Um, Maybe we should start an apparel someday. Jerseys, funny business jerseys. You never know. Could you imagine three on three basketball tournaments? We come in as funny business, and it's literally our faces on the jersey. We just get wrecked after one quarter. Uh, at least we had fun doing it. Yeah, that's true. But if you guys have any, uh, you know, favorite retro jerseys that you guys have, uh, send us a picture of it. We'll post it on all social media. So, with that being said, it is time for everyone's favorite segment. Take it. So, Mike, for this week, no food again. Two weeks in a row. Oh, no wow. Food, no, I know. I was digging deep for this one. A yeah. little bit. So, it's, well, not a little bit. It is sports related. Okay. But it's, I don't think it's, I want, I'm excited to hear your opinion on this. I'm ready. So, what do you prefer? So, when I say prefer, I'd say, like, prefer watching. Okay. College sports, collegiate sports, or professional sports? Oh. Oh, that's t- that's tough. <laughs> it, it really is. It depends on the sport, but <laughs> All right, so I'll I'll go first. Okay, I would watch as much as I love professional sports. I love, and I mean love, college sports. Like college football, college basketball are probably my top two favorite sports. Like, there's nothing better in a fall. Than just sitting with your friends and family on a Saturday afternoon, just Saturday night, just watching college football all day long. Or there's nothing better. March Madness is the best sports time of the year. March is the best sports month ever. It's my favorite sports month of the year because <laughs> you got the NBA playoffs wrapping up. You got MLB starting up soon. 
You got hockey starting to wrap up. But March Madness is just awesome. And I, the reason why I like college sports better, I feel like any team can win on any given day, which you can say that in the professional sports. But nine times out of ten, you know who's going to be good in, in you know, the pro sports and who's going to be bad. College, there's so many surprise teams every year that start off like 8-0 in college football and have a chance to make the playoffs. Or, you know, a Cinderella story makes a run to March Madness. Like, I just love the storyline of college sports a little better than professional sports. Yeah, I feel like as as a majority, Matt, I feel like professional sports would be my take. Um, I, I, when I talked to, when I used to coach basketball, I'd always say, if you have nothing going on in March as far as TV, tune into March Madness. Like, please do that. Um, but I just, I enjoy, I'll, I'll tell you this, soccer, you can barely find any college soccer like on TV. So you kind of have to watch the professional level. Um, but I enjoy the professional level because of the amount of, I, I don't want to say the integrity of the game, but just how great they are at the passing and just the possession of the game. And, you know, they, they are a little, they, they do play a little bit more acting than, than most, you know, college. I mean, you just run through everybody, but, um, you know, I feel like with, with professional sports, there is a, uh, you know, a good, um, take in soccer baseball. On the other hand, I mean, you're seeing these guys that are just killing it. Like you are bombing it like Aaron judge, John Carlo, um, I'm only naming Yankees fans because everybody else sucks. Uh, <laughs> Bryce Harper for the Phillies because I know some people that listen are Phillies fans. I'm Phillies are my second favorite team. <laughs> um, what, what else? I'm just trying to think what other sports. Cornhole. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, not that total sidebar. Have you been seeing the Red Bull trials on ESPN? Do you not. know what I'm talking about? So it's no. literally soapbox racing that goes down the hill, and they try to create. I kid you not. I don't, sorry, I'm totally taking away from your ticket segment, but no, you're <laughs> literally, it is it is a challenge of just just Joes like like us that build these soapboxes, and they have to try to navigate an obstacle. They get rated on their their time of their their trial, which is going through that obstacle. It's all downhill. Um, their performance, so they have a performance before they start going down. And then their theme. So they get judged on all three aspects and then they ride down and it's either freaking hilarious or it's fascinating because they make it down with this huge, gigantic, you know, it looks like it would never, ever work. But here we are. Like, so funny. I got to find that. Um, but please do. I mean, it's like every weekend. I feel like when I'm at Jenna's house every weekend, it's on and, and her dad, Steve, and I just watch it every time we just crack <laughs> up just watching it. But um I feel like with with um with football itself. I mean, I'm not a big football guy, but um, I, I I will have to say you are right with with just the amount of intensity, and you never know what's going to happen within any game itself with any upset. I mean, kind of NFL. We're starting to get into the the more power teams, and like, well, we know like this team's going to win unless you know like the dumb Patriots that take it easy on the last game and find out you can't make the playoffs. <laughs> but um, you know, I. I I feel like for MLS, like that's the only MLS and and the Euro League or anything like that. Barcelona, mm-hmm. Real Madrid, um, Liverpool, all those things. Like you kind of have to watch professional soccer in order for you to actually get the experience and learn from it. Because you know, like I said, anytime I coach basketball, I said if you need to watch something, watch college basketball. You will learn so much more than this dumb NBA basketball with a couple steps. But 
I also appreciate the athletic ability of our NBA players. And sometimes, you know, they like to snitch on the snitching hotline. So. <laughs> yeah, when we, we usually when we talk about sports, we usually do talk about professional. Um, but I, I, I sometimes like I don't want I don't wanna, don't want to say this in the wrong sense, but I feel sure. like professional athletes sometimes have like a, their own agenda of what they want to accomplish, whether that's getting the contract. I mean, we just saw Patrick Mahomes, the quarterbacks of the Chiefs. Dear God. Just got a 10-year, $503 million contract. He gets, Matt, he gets paid $1.98 a second. Yes, that's insane. That's that's even like when A-Rod got his contract. There yeah. was like stats like that going around. He got like twice of what A-Rod got. Almost twice of what A-Rod got. Nuts. But, um, you know, I feel like sometimes when, when players start getting paid, and they just have like some own personal agendas. And mm-hmm. when you're playing a college sport, your goal is to make it to the professional leagues. If you're good enough, sometimes they just want to finish playing college sport for the last time in their life. And I just feel like the passion's more there in collegiate sports than it yeah. is professional. I feel like when it comes to our our topics, Matt, and and obviously this, that this is your this is your half of your the pod is is sports. I feel like we end up talking about more stories that are relating to the drama and the outside stories rather than some of the feats and the actions that are done by these players. And it's not that we don't like the sports in my humble opinion. It's just, we find more of the hilarity and, and more things to talk about when Tom Brady goes into the wrong house down in Florida. Like there's so many things that we crack up over because these guys are professional athletes, but sometimes they're just not professionals in the real world. <laughs> yes. But taking a look at it from the perspective, like these guys got out of college and they just stuck with their professional sport for the rest of their life. So it's like they never really got the experience of figuring out loans, how to buy a house. Like it's just was just petty cash that they threw out. Be like, yeah, I'll buy these three houses that, you know, <laughs> it's out of the way and just make one big house. But um, and, you know, I still have a couple mil left, but. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't want to sound like I blame the players for like trying to make the most money. Like they should, you should make yeah. as much money as you can, especially in football. You never know one hit could be the end of your career. It's just, it, you know, they have to build what I think people sometimes forget about professional athletes is when they get these big contracts, one, there's so much money in sports yeah. that you can't just pay them like $10,000 because these owners are making billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to build not only the brand of their team, but they're also trying to build the brand for themselves so that when they retire, they can still make a, you know, have a, an income coming in and have a career after their sports career. Absolutely. I, I, I think I think people forget that sometimes. I think we're kind of missing out too with um, COVID-19 for, you know, college yeah. sports kind of yeah. being eradicated throughout the entire year of 2020. So I, I yeah. hopefully within 2021 we'll start or, or even the fall of 2020, we'll start to see some college sports and we'll start to, uh, you know, be able to talk about that in the yeah. next coming and, episodes. And hopefully with fans too, I don't know if you saw, but last week NASCAR had NASCAR had their all-star race in Bristol, Tennessee, and they had 20,000 fans. So the capacity of the Bristol Raceway is 160,000. Okay. So they were spread out pretty far from what I've seen, but they managed. They were hoping to get like 30,000. I think they only got like 20. But they had like uh, mobile ticketing, so they didn't really have mm. a lot of contact with a lot nice. of things. It was interesting. It seemed to work. We'll yeah. see what the numbers say afterwards. But yeah, I mean that's probably the 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 size of a you know 
well, no, I don't want to try to make make number assumptions, but <laughs> I was going to try to poke fun at a really crappy team. Be like, wow, that's like sold out show at uh, you know, the 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 Miami Dolphins game. <laughs> that, there like, actually was someone was talking to the uh, player from the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this. And the Rays get like maybe six thousand people a game. Mm-hmm. And someone asked him like, hey, like, is it going to be weird like not having like fans at your game? And he was just like, yeah, I mean, no one comes to our games anyway, so not really. <laughs> just like roasted his own team. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah, I, I I apologize if that wasn't what you were looking forward to in an argument, but no, I think... I, I, I didn't think I, I kind of knew where you were gonna go with that anyway because we don't really talk about like specific college sports teams when we talk. We usually talk about the NBA or the MLB mm-hmm. or the NFL and stuff like that. So yeah, well, but yeah, um, Matt, why don't you, why don't you wrap up this pod? I usually wrap up the podcast, so uh, I I you know I know it's just like totally like off off kilter, but like why why don't you wrap up this my podcast? My brain is like running in a mile like how do i do this what do we do yeah go um, for it yeah but you know that concludes today's episode thank you guys for tuning in uh we're gonna have another great one for you next week you can find us on social media funny business entertainment on facebook and instagram and at funny business en on twitter you can find us live streaming on youtube at least once a week and i do promise i am going to start i am going to start getting on live streaming more maybe better. not this coming week but <laughs> I'm going to get there. I am going to try Warzone for the first time on live stream. But uh, thank you guys once again for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Stay safe, everyone. Oh, darn. I was going to take that. But (laughs) catch you all in the next one. Stay safe. Wait. (laughs) Hey, Google. Turn on the lamp. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't like I looked and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs>